We're going to take a look at a report from Viridian Deal Tracker to kind of give us an idea about where the money is flowing, transactional analysis, uh, the deal trackers, the M&As, and kind of give us a better understanding of how money is flowing and where it's going to. Is it producers or processors, retailers, ancillary, all of that coming up. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Transactional activity for the week ending October 2nd of 2020, that saw a $71.8 million lower dollar volume with two fewer transactions versus the prior week of this year and a 15% lower dollar volume with three fewer transactions versus the prior year. So tracking five capital raise transactions totaling $59.8 million versus eight totaling 70 million during the same week of 2019. That average tranche size was 12 million this week versus 8.9 million the previous period. So while the money is increasing, the deal, the number of deals are going down. That could be for a variety of reasons, either improper valuations or just people wanting specific um, businesses, maybe less grow and more retail or just the opposite, you know, the multi-state operators were flowing pretty hard. But now that uh, MedMen has kind of um, had some shaky grounds and people are really looking at commercial property with this whole lockdown in a different way, maybe anticipating a correction in uh, commercial and residential pricing. I'm not really sure, but we'll find out hopefully. So the largest cap raise, that was on September 29th with Acreage Holdings raising $33 million in an unsecured three-year term loan with a coupon of 7.5% from an institutional investor, which is good news because when the brick and mortar banks get involved, that's going to push up valuations uh, and mainstream it. So hopefully that'll transition into legalized banking if institutional investors are... Uh, are doubling down. So no additional details were disclosed. However, it's believed that some other loan features likely to have been involved because they find it difficult to believe that investors would have loan money to acreage on an unsecured basis at only 77.5%. So the Verdian credit tracker, it ranks acreage number 10 out of the 14 US cultivation and retail sector companies that market caps with over 100 million. So the company ranks at the bottom in both profitability and liquidity and number nine on their leverage ranking. So Acreage's last debt raise was in June, done at an effective cost of over 50%. And although recent news regarding the distribution of canopy beverages is undoubtedly credit positive for Acreage, still quite a stretch to get 7.5%. So it seems that, that there's some convertibility or warrants, a significant original issue discount, a large premium due at maturity or some other investor-friendly feature that wasn't disclosed in the press release. Looking at public versus private cap raises, four of the week's five capital raises were closed by public companies so far in 2020. So the public companies have accounted for 80% of all of the capital raises versus 66% for the same period last year. In 2020, public companies have accounted for 84% of total dollars raised versus 69% for the same period last year. Of the four public company capital raises, all are listed in Canada and uh, three are also trading on other markets. So equity versus debt raises, equity-based capital raises accounted for two of the week's six capital raises and accounted for only 6% of funds raised. Not a very good sign if you look at it, because if you're only going to be taking debt, um, that means that people are going to want the, you know, some kind of collateral property plant equipment uh, versus equity um, is going to be a good indicator for somebody who is more risk um, tolerant versus risk adverse going to take debt. 
So um, kind of in line with, with this year and what's going on, people are looking at the stock prices, kind of wondering what's going to be happening and maybe not wanting to take as much risk. So willing to um, give a debt note for a, a facility, either property, plant, equipment, whatever, um, could be a sign of the times for this year. Maybe that'll go back to equity. We'll just have to wait and find out. The second largest capital raise happened on September 30th with WeedMD. That's a Canadian company engaged in the product and distribution of both medical and adult use cannabis. They closed a 30 million Canadian dollar, 15% secured credit facility, which uh, interest can be paid in cash or capitalized. So the lender is an affiliate. It's a pension fund of Central and Eastern Canada and is related party more than 10% ownership of weed. WeedMD ranks at number 11 out of the 63 cultivation and retail companies in the credit tracker uh, with a market cap of under 100 million. So of the five capital raises this week, uh, they were spread across two different industry sectors with three in software media and two in cultivation and retail. So looking at mergers and acquisitions, you can see transactional activity. There was only two M&A transactions. That's down from five in the previous year. And although the number of M&A transactions completed year to date is down 77% versus a comparable period in 2019, it's expected to increase activity in the remainder of the year. The largest M&A was Slang Worldwide. That's a company focused on developing brands and hardware products that include the Open Vape, the Firefly, Magic Buzz, Baked, Strain Hunters. So it closed this acquisition of Oregon-based LBA Global Corp and its Lunchbox Alchemy brand portfolio, which is the top selling edible brand in the state. So the acquisition adds extraction, manufacturing, and distribution capabilities that Slang expects will add gross profits in what's considered a core market. The transaction considered consisted of 23.9 million shares of Slang valued at 2.2 million on the transaction date. So public versus private, both of the week's transactions were made by public companies. Again, so year to date, 92% of the M&As were closed, have been made by public companies. That's up from 71% last year. So public companies, particularly with the recovery in stock prices and fundraising ability, they've been dominant acquirers in the cannabis industry. Private companies remain the dominant target for acquirers. And in terms of the mergers and acquisitions by sector, both the buyers in this week's two deals came from the infused product and extract sector, and one target was from the infused product and extract sector, and the other from software and media. So it looks like public companies, obviously, with uh, more cash to, to spend, private companies aren't uh, running out and giving cash. They might be trying to do mergers or all stock deals, but the public companies are definitely dominant and mergers are the, uh, the go-to transaction, specifically with cultivation and retail. Again, that might be because of the, uh, the fully integrated seed-to-sale opportunity for producers and processors and retailers, depending on the state you're in, uh, and also the collateral behind that. So it's easier to have a storefront in a city, maybe more advantageous or more lucrative for these investors rather than a farm in the middle of nowhere producing a crop that's really just a commodity so, um, and also seeing more debt versus equity, not necessarily a, a great sign, but at least things are moving. So hopefully this will progress and, and kind of uh, diversify and, and continue to move along. But I think that um, we're going to see more value investors, more people looking for consolidation uh, and people trying to get out of the game like Lunchbox Alchemy, which has been around for, uh, I mean, I had their products six years ago. So they've been around for a while and just kind of decided to get out. 
We'll see who else follows them. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out.